I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive. In season five. Of The Connor and Smith Show. You were inspired. The Connor and Smith Show. You're doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've got to find a hook. The Connor and Smith Show, the Connor and Smith <laughs> Somebody get show. the hook. Come in and take a look oh, or oh. a listen. Oh, wow. We're, we're really going places okay. today. Okay, okay. We're, um, we're going we're to workshop that. We are so excited to talk to Katie Sina today. Um, we are going to learn about all things... Lancaster. Lancaster. We're going to learn about all things Katie, all things Fulton, 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 Fulton. <laughs> is it Fulton? No, it's Fulton. Is it Fulton if you're in in the Gilded Age? We will. <laughs> I can't with you right now. We're gonna take a break. We will be right to back up. Was that an accent as well? <laughs> right back. Oh my god. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, Katie. I am sitting here with my husband and co-host, Matt Connor. Hey, 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 hey. Hi, Matt. How is it going? Good. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, and we are also sitting here with our uh, producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. Hey, Katie. Hi, Ryan. Katie, where are you? I am in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that is like the home of everything Amish. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. The outskirts. Yeah, tell me. I think I think I well I think everybody maybe everybody's been. But I I think I went through uh, Lancaster. Isn't there like a really huge like uh, theater there? Yes. So there's actually five or six theaters residents here now, but there's one massive theater called Sight and Sound, yes. the, the Jesus Theater. And then there's the Fulton Theater where I work at. And then there's um, the Dutch Apple Dinner Theater. Right. And there's a couple um, community theaters that have really taken off here as well, like three or four of them. So there's there used to be a, a Dutch Apple uh, theme park. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, wait, Dutch Wonderland. Dutch Wonderland. Is yes. that still open? Yes, it's aimed for kids 10 and under. And yeah, it's still open. I want to go. You can totally still go. I go with my kids and I still ride all the rides. So you could go. I always call Dutch Apple Dutch Oven by accident. Yeah, it's okay. I, yeah, let's That's cute. the park for the adults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no one wants to go. But it stinks. Yeah. No one, yeah, exactly. It smells nasty. But yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, is a, what is the Dutch uh, amusement park you're talking about? Dutch Wonderland? Yeah, what, what is it exactly? What is well, it? They call it a kingdom for kids. And it's um, like right off of a, it's in between a river and a highway here. <laughs> and I'm, I'm assuming uh, that Pennsylvania in that area was probably uh, a lot of Dutch influence. Yes, Pennsylvania Dutch. Like there's a, um, a whole language. Um, a lot of the Amish speak as, as well as they, they say, are you Pennsylvania Dutch? And it's a there's a thick accent to it. I mean, it sounds like a totally foreign language. I do not know any of it, but it is spoken commonly around here. Well, not to pivot this back to us, but I know that me and Steven are getting ready to produce another, uh, we're working on The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Oh. And I know they're in Terrytown, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, very much a Dutch settlement, right, Steven? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I remember my, I, I, we went to, this is not the Lancaster podcast. Don't worry, uh, listeners. <laughs> we'll move on in a minute. Katie's going to be the dramaturg for Sleepy Hollow. Well, I hope yeah. I know it. Yes, I am. That's why you I remember my mom bought like a wooden, like, oh, it's not a pot holder, but what are those things you put down a hot plate on? It's like a little charger or yes. a heat yeah, plate yes. that mm-hmm. said, Willkommen. But it was like W-I-L-K-U-M or something yeah. like that. And it had like Dutch art on it. And I always like, remember that i i remember going through because i think a, it may not be in lancaster but i was looking at a university called um was it millersville university it's in, right here in lancaster yeah it is lancaster yeah millersville is basically right next to lancaster 
it's in Lakester County. So we have part of the Millersville Theater is like right next to where the Fulton is. Some of the university classes are here. I was going to go there for meteorology and then went to Shenandoah instead for theater. So there you go. You were going to go into meteorology? Oh, yeah. It's a whole thing. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we were kind of regretting that decision during yeah. the uh, COVID. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Katie, are you from the grand old no. state of PA? No, I'm not. I'm from Virginia. I'm from Southwest Virginia, um, Blacksburg. And um, I got here because I started right after I graduated Shenandoah in 2001. I moved to New York. And then I kept getting hired by the Fulton Theater starting 2006 on basically every year I was coming here for two three contracts and I fell in love with it I love this city it reminds me so much of Astoria where I lived in New York for a long time it's totally walkable it's such a cute city and it's the arts are thriving here so there's a lot to do so let's go back to Katie in Blacksburg young Katie that is the home of Virginia Virginia Tech Tech. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. um so young Katie (laughs) is growing up, doing her own thing. What What is- Twirling twir- around. Twirling in the backyard. Um, what What <laughs> was the first impetus that you had that you wanted to perform, if you can remember? So my mom raised me on her own, but my my dad lived in Wisconsin. So I would visit my dad in, in like summer times, like six weeks at a time of the summer. And my dad is an actor and singer. And so is my stepmom and my mom put me in dance class when I was like two because it was something to help me sleep better at night. You know, she was like, tire her out so that I right. can get my work done because she was working, putting herself through school. I mean, she got a PhD, everything by raising me still. And so she put me in every arts class possible. So I, I don't remember a specific moment, but that I always knew this is what I was kind of called to do. Um, I... Would be, I, I remember seeing my dad on, I believe it was the South Pacific tour and I was four years old and I knew every word of Wash That Man. Um, and I could sing the whole score of it. You know, I was like, just so into it. Um, so I just kind of always knew that I was gonna be a part of the arts in some way. So it was in the blood, it was in the family. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and so so what was your like entree into show business? Did you start like in like school or community or what was your yeah. deal? Um, I auditioned for school plays. I remember in fifth grade I auditioned for The Wizard of Oz and I got um, one of the witches soldiers. So I didn't get a part and I was like, I don't understand. They don't understand it. I'm going to be on Broadway. And I I'm just a witch's guard. Why am I not Dorothy? Like I was confused. Um, <laughs> I should have been a witch's guard. It was a very good thing for me to be. And then um, I, my mom let me audition for community theater, but it was really the issue of transportation of getting me there because I really just had my mom. So if other moms weren't go- taking their kids, it wasn't really an option. So I um, started auditioning for community theater in like middle school. And that's when I really started doing that. Um, and school, yeah, just school. And so at what point... Uh did you find and connect with uh Shenandoah because like oh this is a good question yeah I mean we we weren't really like internet heavy back then um was it a dusty pamphlet in your like a great question and did you ever like maybe think maybe you shouldn't go to college in that process oh sure I mean I thought I assumed I would just go to Broadway you just show up in New York and you're on Broadway with a suitcase right? <laughs> yeah exactly um and a little hat and my suit and my scarf and my cute little jacket and just singing NYC um right. but so when <laughs> that's I... the Carla Shook story exactly no that that's true that's her podcast um so <laughs> I um my mom is the ultimate patron and supporter of the arts um, but was very worried for me that I wanted to have a career in it. So she knew if I was going to do it, I had to go somewhere that was like like a conservatory. And um, that would help me actually survive and know how to, like the complete um, career, I guess, of this, I guess. So um, we went to Shenandoah when I was 15 that summer and saw a production of Joseph. And maybe, maybe some, maybe, were you in it, Matt? Maybe it was... Um, Greg Goodbroad was Joseph at the time. Oh, I was in that too. Were you in that? Were you in it too? Yeah. yeah. So I saw you guys. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I was the witch's guard <laughs> in Joseph behind yeah. Greg Goodbroad. Exactly. 
Yes. No, was I think did I sing the French song? I don't know. Ask Katie. She still really? has the program I open. Actually, I actually think you did. Wasn't that yeah. your character? You yeah. Ruben. I think yeah, Ruben. I Ruben. I think I was the French song guy. Yeah, and I was uh some random brother. That's all. That's all I remember. And if you really think about it, I don't I brought it up last night, but I'm gonna bring it up again. I mean, it's mm -hmm. a story about a guy with 12 wives. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Anyway, so continue. <laughs> yeah, so I saw Joseph, and then I was like, well, I'm going to Shenandoah. And I met Greg after, and I was like, I'm going to go here someday. And he doesn't remember that. And he was, already, I think he was already graduated before I came, for sure. Um, but I ended up working with him years later. And I was like, oh, it's, this is random, but I, I do know you. I had your headshot up on my bedroom wall for, I mean, I sounded crazy. It's like, for years, because I so inspired by your portrayal of Joseph. <laughs> what did you guys do together? Um, we did, it was like a season announcement for the Fulton back. I did Mary Poppins here seven years ago and he was singing from Les Mis because he was coming here to do Valjean. So we opened with this season opener performance. Okay, I've never seen Mary Poppins on stage. Is mm -hmm. it absolutely as magical as the movie? Well, you hope it should be. Um, I think the movie's so fantastic. I really think there's no beating that movie. But I, being in that play, was an absolute magical experience. What Matt is really asking is, are there animated penguins no, in the live stage version? There's not. So no. No. Mm -hmm. Well, there goes that. Okay. <laughs> Do you get to fly? I did. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And I didn't use wires. I just used magic. Oh, great! <laughs> I Wonderful. just, I just used gas. Yeah. I just, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um so so what matt is looking at me what do you like, mean what are you talking about we, you just use gas oh well I, it was a dutch oven tie-in you know oh okay okay I, yeah i get it so shenandoah you came to shenandoah um and yeah what was um i'm trying to you know the, yeah katie i don't think me i think i only knew you through yep other people, because I was yep. saying uh, mm -hmm. when we were talking about our guests from the podcast, I said, I don't think that we even like had lunch. Oh, no. we. I came in in 97. Because when did you when did you graduate? I graduated in 97. Yeah. So I came in in 97. So um, I was already a huge star. Oh, <laughs> no. Like when you guys reached out to me, I was like, these are the cool upperclassmen. I get to be on their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are really cool. Um <laughs> So yes, we wouldn't have hung out together. I wasn't as cool as you. Um, I was in Take It Easy though, so. And Matt, weren't you still at the house? No? Uh, for like a hot minute? Well, yeah, I, I lived at the like house even at after I graduated yeah. for, for like a, a semester. Yeah. Yeah, so I had met you there. I kind of am still emotionally at the house, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I'm still waiting for some sign of like, this is what you're supposed to do when you grow up, Connor. <laughs> Oh, you guys are doing such great things. So Take It Cheesy was your first show. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. Um, cheesy. Um, Ryan. Oh, shucks. Ryan was a big star of that. I know. Yeah. I knew he was. I thought it was a cute show. Yeah, what? elements of it were really cute. I mean, it was elements. A lot better. It's a lot better than Bloomer Girl. Yeah, I was going to say it's better than Bloomer Girl. <laughs> I was also in Bloomer Girl. And I was thinking about, like, you know, we've come so far in terms of diversity and equality in theater, and we're really making huge strides, especially in the past couple of years and moving forward. But um, I can't believe we did Bloomer Girl and got away with that. I mean, that that's really like, no one should do Bloomer Girl. Well, no. the year <laughs> prior, we did the Mikado and we had that oh, conversation right. with Chris Faison last night. And that uh -huh. was like, oh my God, the things we did that we sh should not it's, have. It's um, just wrong. It's a lot of wrong. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. Bloomer Girl and Take It Easy were your first, and you were like, yeah. "Great, I saw Joseph, and I get Take It Easy and Bloomer Girl." I know. I think it was they confusing. thought they were going to be doing Pajama Game, but he, he misread. He's like, "I think it's Bloomer Girl." Didn't we all think we were like going to Broadway to Take It Easy too? I mean, I think we thought we were going to be a really big deal from that. Well, show. I think perhaps you're confusing Take It Easy with the Play. Broadway Brown Bound Playground. Oh, now, now Playground for sure was Broadway Blonde. Yes. Mm -hmm. Was that uh, the Madonna musical? No. <laughs> no, that would have been amazing. Um, so Take It Easy and Bloomer Girl, mm -hmm. my gosh, uh, so much could be said. Oh, um, oh, I mean, Bloomer Girl was, I don't remember it. 
And so that means that the next year, which was my last year there, I believe, was yes. How to Succeed and Children yes. of Eden. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. A mental picture is yeah. starting to form. Well, and we got to do um, my favorite, and my oh. favorite show I did at Shenandoah. Night music. Night music. It's still my favorite experience. Why is that? Oh, I loved it. Well, it was my first Sondheim experience, and I got to sing with Stephen, which is oh, a dream. Yeah. And I had always sort of precast myself because I grew up knowing I was an alto and I wasn't a soprano. And then when um, Dr. Albert was like, you need to sing for Anne, I was like, what? I'm not a soprano. But that, I mean, that's where I made my career is singing kind of up there. And that was my first experience with, oh my goodness, I love where this lives. And um, just the beauty of that story and complexity of that story. I thought it was really well cast. She is um, soon. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, just <clears throat> beautiful voices. The whole score is written in three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, night and day. A little night music was after Bloomer Girl. Like, how do you make those? Are just two wild. We got scissors. really lucky that next year because How to Succeed's a great show. So mm -hmm. it was Children of Eden mm -hmm. um, and Night Music. Uh, yeah, but all, but also, and I know that we all know this now that we're adults. Mm -hmm. But you know, those shows were really being picked for the Winchester audiences to come and see. Oh, sure. Oh, isn't that sad? They picked Bloomer Girl. Yeah. I mean, right. They were picking things to be like, well, we got to bring in and wait a second. This is where I'm also confused. Mm -hmm. uh, this is where I lose timeline, Katie. Take it easy. And then um, Bloomer Girl. I'm what year was Playground? Well, when was it? It would have would Playground have been the next year? I think was it like 1998? I mean, this is where I lose my I uh, timeline. I, yeah. I uh, so, we, so you and I, you were, you came in in 97. Yes, fall so, of 97. Mm -hmm. When did you leave? I think right after Children of Eden. So like 2000? Yeah, that, that's when you left. I left 2001. I was there yeah. after you. Mm -hmm. So we were there three years together. So we're missing yeah. a show. What was the other show from that, that year? Sweet Playground Charity. and Sweet Charity. That's it. Sweet yeah. Charity. Oh. Oh, I remember the day that cast list went up. I was standing next to Maggie Portman and I picked up her little body and just gave her the biggest squeeze. I was so proud of her. It was so exciting. Yeah. Sweet. Oh my God. That was a great show. Ferretti. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Ferretti. gosh, Ferretti. Yeah. And Summer. Shook. Summer. Oh. Well, that Summer. that girl's uh, bar, yeah, oh that that sweet charity. Isn't was... there a picture remember, somewhere of the bar? Do you remember yeah. what Hal said to us in rehearsal? Um, I I, I can only imagine, but he go said, ahead. He said, "You are the bunch of the unsexiest women I've ever seen, and um, you need to go take a lesson from real strippers." So a bunch of us went. We drove to the West Virginia border, you know, because there all the bars were open till two in West Virginia, and it wasn't too far away. And we went to a strip club, all of us. And we wow. watched some people strip and then talked to them afterwards. And then Did you say West Virginia? Yeah. Well, it wasn't the uh, Golden Horseshoe, was it? Oh, I wouldn't. I mean, good on you for knowing that name, but I don't remember the name. Well, it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it kind of indicts Ryan for knowing <laughs> I know, that I was name. Like, um... I went there one time. Somebody took me there for my birthday. I went to several uh, trips there when I had to pretend like I cared. Oh, my God. On like bachelor parties. Oh, really? Yeah, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but then, then, oh, can I say this on the podcast? What? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. So then we're there at this strip club in West Virginia. It's like my brother's bachelor party. No one knows that, like, I'm dating, you know, Greg Goodbrode or whatever. Mm -hmm. And literally, who comes out in strips but, like, our neighbor's sister. Oh, my God. Oh. And we were all like, not mortified, but just that moment of like, what do we do? Because we're like, we're, we've got dollar bills out. And anyway, so that happened. That's awkward. Did it come up in church the next Sunday? I think she was on the prayer list. Oh, well. <laughs> and I think I was too. So let's let's steer this back on path. So Katie, <laughs> Katie, I did not know that. Or if I knew it, I've forgotten it. So you yeah. guys went to a strip club. Did you yeah. find that inner? Oh, did that help? I mean, I think it did. I can't remember. You know, I can't remember much after, like, the notes after that. But we felt pretty empowered. So. I don't recall him saying that, but it doesn't shock me. Oh, of course not. I'm sure all those women, though, that were told that we were unsexy do remember being told that. And then we were like, okay, well, let's see what we're not doing. And I think we did learn, you know, it's all about the tease, not the, you know. Well, 
and product. So. Can, can I also just say it's a little bit, in hindsight, really <laughs> inappropriate. It wasn't so much of what we did. Yeah. Uh -huh. And also, if I were directing, I would not uh, say that these women are sexy. Well, yeah, I mean, oh. in, in Mr. Herman's defense, he also gave me the same note. Yeah, well, <laughs> so. that was spot on, though. Right, oh, totally. Um, totally. No, I, I think those women aren't there to entice. I mean, they're there making a living and they're freaking exhausted and their feet hurt. Absolutely. I don't, I don't equate that with sexy. I equate that with, like, dead in the eyes and kind mm -hmm. of vacant, but going through the motions, you know? Absolutely, yes. Which is what the choreography does. Mm-hmm. And anyway, don't get me started. I thought you were wonderful. Um, I do want to bring up a moment from that show now that you've got me thinking back in 1998. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Rich Man's Frug, so the Pompeii Club yes. scene where you and Carlos Wiggs yes. were coming off of oh, your yes. hands mm -hmm. during the performance. Totally off. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Oh my God. That was a funny, funny. Um, oh, it's so good! And that weird song, "The Pirate." We're all dressed like pirates. Yo, was, ho, ho. That was wasn't so that was um that was how to succeed? Oh, I know. I'm confused. Oh, see, there you go. My timeline. It was a different. Uh, oh, that was also fun. A different Fosse. <laughs> the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We had a, we packed in the Fosse when we were in college. Mm -hmm. Um, so so yeah. I just remember the wigs falling off. The um. <laughs> The the, uh, the the night music that we got to do, it was kind of a, a light staging because um, yeah. it was musical theater ensemble. Yep. And you um, and I got to run off together. Mm -hmm. We did. That, that was fun. Um, that was awesome. But okay, so what happened? What was what were the shows your senior year, Katie? Because I don't oh think gosh. I recall. Was that Secret uh, Garden? No, that was so that was would have been an SSMT show. Um, senior year was. 42nd Street. Mm -hmm. And that started my non-ec career of playing older women. Because when you're tall, you play older. And I was yep. Dorothy, Dorothy Brock in that. And then after I left college, continued to play every older woman everywhere in non-ec theater. And um, then the spring musical, I didn't do. Because I was dancing then with the dance department. And that was HMS Pinafore, but I decided not to audition. Bold got, choice. <laughs> and, and got one of those, like, you know, those speeches that Hal would give that you're root, you're, this is awful. You're, you know, that I was making this terrible decision. I was like, well, oh, I love dancing and that's what I need to do. So I went and did the dance concert, which was awesome. I would have said the terrible decision was HMS Pinafore. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's just because those, those Gilbert and Sullivan shows are free. Let's be honest. We know. Yes, exactly. Um, Mm -hmm. So so what happens after college? What's the tra trajectory, the next steps for you? So I I actually went to Toby's and auditioned. Oh, is my Toby's God. Is still open? Is it yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Because you guys have worked there a bunch, right? We did in our formative years. Yes. 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 They're doing Rocky currently. Oh, my gosh. Um, but yeah, I went to that audition and ended up booking, I want to say Joseph. I think that's what they were doing. And then I also sent in a bunch of VHS tapes to cruise lines because people told me cruise ships get you money to move to New York. And um, I ended up getting a cruise ship. So I thought I was going to move to the D.C. area, ended up getting this ship that started late August of 2001. Um, oh, my God, yeah. Katie. So I ended up. Um, actually, Katie. Yeah. Tell me. Breaking news. What? You would have been in Joseph opposite me and Matthew. <gasps> You're kidding. I was the alternate oh, Joseph. I, I play, I shared the role with somebody else and Matthew's in it, yeah. Oh, the other path that it could have let, see, this could have been a totally different podcast. I mean, an interview right now, you know. Isn't that hysterical? Yes, that was that is awesome. Right around that time, that's amazing. Um, so but cool. go ahead, so you took the cruise instead. Yeah, so I went on a ship for a year and- Which cruise line? Um, Holland America, dun, dun, we magic. <laughs> And I was working for Stiletto Entertainment that rehearses in LA. And then you'd go on the boat. And I did that for a full year and saved so much money and then moved to New York. Did right you like the that. cruise? You know, I got to go alternating between five ports on the Mexican Riviera and then five ports in Hawaii and back to Ooh. San Diego in between. I got to do it for a year and it was incredible. But I... I didn't know how good I had it at the time because I was 21, 22, and 
Um, I knew I had free room and board and was making money, but I, I felt so like, I need to be on land. I've got to be on Broadway. You know, I didn't, I still didn't get it. Um, it's one of the lessons I wish I would have learned so much earlier in life. Um, but yes, I enjoyed all of the time off the ship when I could hike and kayak and Kauai and, you know, experience like Zihuataneo, Mexico. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Sounds like get to see. Yeah. And you only, you only get to get off the ship for a certain amount of hours. So it's not like you can take these far away adventures, but I was close and began to really know the people in the towns and which market to go to and different cellars and restaurants to patron. And so it was a beautiful experience, but I felt I was always thinking, this is just for now. I've got to get back to land, you know, get back to music theater. But I was also being fed incredible food, dancing and singing all the time. So you're in great shape. All you do is work out and then do your show and drink for like next to nothing. So it was a great year. Um, Katie, when you're on the ship, uh, is it like a review or were you doing like yeah. a little mini version of um, a show? Yeah, we did four reviews and then we did Barry Manilow's Copacabana, the show, which I oh ended up God. touring with. I did the national tour of that like years later. Um, but yeah, and all of our costumes were designed by Bob Mackie. I mean, I had no idea how fancy it all was because um, it was my first job besides SSMT that ever paid me money for singing and dancing. Um, but then I was able to move to New York with money, which was really helpful. So what happens in New York? Um, well, I sublet and then I got an apartment with Adolfo um, <laughs> just in Harlem. Um, and then, you know, I lived in New York for 10 years and it was, I was rarely ever in the city. So much of, you know, 99% of our work is not in New York. Right. So, um, and because my mom put me in dance class when I was two and I came from a singing background, I would do contracts as just a singer or just a dancer or both. And then I would do like, you know, the Copa tour was for girls five, eight and up in the ensemble, you know, so I would do random showgirl shows and, um, I never really did straight theater at all when I was living in New York. That didn't come till after, but I just always went out, was out on gigs. And so 2006 mm -hmm. brings you to the Fulton yeah. and you meet your soon, well, your future husband, correct? I did. He was just a friend. We were friends for seven years before we dated. Or six, wow. Six years. Um, yeah. And so we, I had, I was in a relationship for a while in New York still, and he was kind of in relationships too. And we never really even had any flirtation until we happened to both be single in 2010 or 11, 2011. Yeah. And then we got married in 2012. So we kind of knew by then we were like in our mid thirties and had known each other as friends for a long time. Um, and I really fell in love with Lancaster. I love this city. It's not too far from New York. So I knew I could keep going to the city on the train is right here. I can walk to it if I needed to audition and, I kept working for regional theaters and just Lancaster became my home base instead of New York. And I could afford to have a dog and a house and a car, you know. Um, Absolutely. And you've gotten to play some incredible roles uh, at the Fulton yes. from what I see. Um, yeah. do, do they have a mission statement as far as like a style or genre of they theater do. or do they just do their thing? Not as not in style or genre, but their mission statement is really cool. Um, and I'm going to misquote it here. It's on their website, but it's about, um, engaging the community it's um they do provocative theater they get people talking they um they do new works they do classic they do um so many things and they just went through this massive renovation that actually got to happen because of covid it was always in the works and they'd done a huge massive capital campaign to kind of redo the theater but all of the construction really got to happen because covid was happening the theater was shut down so that just opened this season and i got to be a part of that season opener, um, but they have so many different spaces now. They currently have three shows running, rehearsing a fourth, and then I'm doing a reading for them next month. So, um, and they're Lord B, uh, Lord B Theater now too, which is great. Um, they bring in a lot of actors from New York, but also just from all over the world. Um, it's, it's it's a really beautiful theater, but again, I'm not on staff there, so nothing's guaranteed. Like I, I audition for everything I do. And, and what does, your husband is a performer as well? Yeah, yeah, he's a director and um, actor as well. Um, he's directed, I want to say almost equally as much as he's performed there, um, but has gotten much more into directing in the past couple of years. 
does he have a window into directing? Is it straight theater? Is it musicals? He's he's done straight theater. Mm-hmm. They have yep. a, a fourth floor space, which is kind of it's on the fourth floor, and um, above the main stage that will do um, smaller pieces and more pieces that you would get you talking more controversial things and uh, it's really a cool space like a, like a basically like our studio theater like a black box that's that's where um we'll send our shows to that's yes. that's our kind Please of stuff do. but they really that's what they want to do they want to produce this um I mean, they, they're opening sweat there up there this week um but then i'm about to do a reading for a new for robin hood a new they have a tya a great tya contract here as well for theater for youth um and they're having a reading of a new show, a new version of Robin Hood in a couple of weeks. That's very, it. very but cool. Yes, this is a theater that you guys should absolutely connect with. I would love to help connect you in any way. Yeah, there's there's a show that comes to the top of my mind called On Air that we wrote that you would actually be wonderful in. But um, that's another story. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> is this podcast an interview? Yes. Isn't life an interview? Life is an audition, guys, right? I, can I ask a question for you? Am I allowed to do that? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so when you guys are writing and creating, do you do that? Cause I know you do a lot of this together, right? Yeah. Um, do you have a studio at home? Do you fight while you're working together? Is it like a collaborative, peaceful, beautiful, blissful experience? Like do one of you write this and the other writes that? How does it work? I will let Matthew answer that. <laughs> Matthew? Well, I think it is kind of like trying to judge the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on what show we're working on. Sometimes the topic and the ideas can be close to Stephen. Sometimes they can be close to me. Of course, sometimes uh, things come in different orders. I think the longer that we've written together, we the more we get into a, a, a more of a specific rhythm where Stephen's always a little bit more ahead of me now as far as research and different things. Mm-hmm. Stephen also will play the piano, so uh, it's not always from my fingers. We work with a music supervisor who basically takes everything that we do and orchestrates and arranges it so we don't really have to... Uh, work towards a finished product we literally can just throw paint on the wall and then our music supervisor can get back to us and be like well okay well what if we make the song a little jazzier like this and that is the wonderful warren freeman also from su also from su who now teaches at nyu yeah that's wonderful um but like currently sleepy hollow yeah was done at Signature Theater back in about 10 years ago, okay. uh, written with Hunter Foster. Okay. Um, I was not happy. Mm-hmm. And I decided to get divorced with Hunter Foster, mm-hmm. which was a shitstorm. And if anyone would like to hear that podcast, I, <laughs> I could talk about it. Yeah, I, let me know. I, w- I would tune in. Well, what mm-hmm. about the NDA? And, you and then, <laughs> and then, um, so Stevie and I then took Sleepy Hollow to Shenandoah University and did a production there. That's what you did there. Oh, 2014. We, yeah, we did a yeah, production of yeah, Crossing um, there okay. and Sleepy Hollow there. Okay, great. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, and now where I am uh, on staff at a black box here in Falls Church, okay. they're producing Sleepy Hollow. And Stephen just finished uh, the, the the latest version of Sleepy Hollow, threw it on the the uh, a very expensive TV uh tray stand (laughs) and said there you go read it and he has very masterfully uh written something that is just about 99.9 percent through the eyes of washington irving which is what i always wanted the show to be Uh, rather than people that take and i don't want to say people but i'm not very uh, um i don't like to take other people's work and then try to you know do my own spin like what mm -hmm. if what if Ichabod actually was blah, blah, blah. No, sure. let's just do this story. Yeah, that's great. Um, so that's that's kind of how we work. I love There's that. a hollow and it's sleepy. Let's <laughs> just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, which is not what I did at Shenandoah. Um, I, yeah, I did put my own spin on it on the first version. And I was like, I wrote the American Horror Story version of it. Okay. And I had to get that out of my system. But right. interesting enough, Katie, when we were at Shenandoah, we were working with a line designer there who was a student at the time. Okay. And he wanted to light the show. And I'll put that in like air quotes. He was trying to light the show. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to explain to him that this sort of uh, 
shadowy, more darker story doesn't need to be lit like you're lighting the show. It mm -hmm. needs to feel like a shadow feeling because mm -hmm. we're trying to make it feel kind of spooky. Of and he and he was like, oh my gosh, Mac is going to be so upset. Or was it Bill? He's going to be so upset if I'm not lighting the show. And I'm like, lighting oh, the show? No. What are you talking oh, about? No. You don't have to light all the characters. This is supposed to be a, a spooky story. Oh my gosh. So I inevitably being the sometimes assertive dick that I am, <laughs> was like, I'm gonna go sit by you at the light board. Um, Good. Less information is better. Well, like we, like we had a pumpkin ballet that was literally nothing but glow in the dark pumpkins. Oh, I love that. Please don't like that. They're not gonna like that, are they? Well, 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 no, but they had like a, they had this question mark, like what, you're gonna have, you're gonna have the audience sitting in the dark? Oh yes. My gosh. And yeah. I'm like, what, have you not seen it's anything in Vegas? The beginning yeah, exactly. of Pippin with the- yes. Yeah, the less information you see in a kind of show like that, the better. Because it was, yeah, you yeah, have exactly. to be on edge to exactly. And they, it was funny. We had to kind of pull our little alma mater back then, 2014, mm -hmm. a little into the future and say, this is what they're doing in other places. Yeah. Um, and that was interesting. It was really interesting. Well, also, like trying to figure out, like, I was really ballsy. I actually made a set model myself. Yeah. And was like, it needs to look like this because of the functionality of what we need sure. to do. Yeah. And they did it. God bless them. I think they were like, who the hell does this person think they are? Um, um, Katie, what do you, what still inspires you today with uh, shows and working and learning? Um, any, any, any thing, pop culture, any shows out there? Are you oh. like all of a sudden like, yes, Hamilton, thank you. Oh, um, <laughs> Honestly, what inspires me the most is what scripts I read and come across and um, are being produced that I could be a part of. I, do, I have two very small children and I do some other part-time work outside of theater, all theater related, but it takes away. And plus with the past two years, I've not really been able to go to see things. Um, in terms of inspiration, like I, I'll hear a season and read everything on it and see what do I feel passionately connected to. Um, because my kids are at an age where they're so little, um, night bedtimes are important. And it's if I'm going to sign up to perform in a show, it has to be worth it, you know, at this point. Um, and gratefully, I've been able to perform a lot. But I also, I do have other work that I wouldn't have to be performing as much as I was when I was solely an actor. Um, well, so, speaking of kids, yeah. I mean... Is now a days, I mean, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, animated films were kind of like a hit or miss, whether they were going to be oh kind gosh. of like a success. And nowadays, like every single, it seems like, maybe it's not true, mm -hmm. but like there are so many great animated stories oh my for gosh. kids. Yeah. Encanto, we're obsessed with. I mean, I, we love, have you guys seen Encanto? It is so good. Bruno. Yes, it's so good. I started watching it and I told Ryan, I was a little bit creeped out how real it kind of looked. Oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, but yes, you're absolutely right. And thankfully, my kids are so into musical films. So we do watch all of the classics. So I feel like I'm getting so much inspiration from just dancing around and singing our face off to all, all of these films that can be family appropriate, you know, I guess. And also, the older I get, the more I am excited to play these different characters. You know, I thought, I only thought like, oh, ingenues are the only thing that exists. But now when you're over 40 in music theater, you get to play all the fun parts. Now, granted, they don't really nice, write like nice women over 40, but I get to play the fun things now, which is really awesome. So you just got to do the Baroness in yeah. The Sound of Music. Yeah, and I had done Maria and Sister Margareta 11 years prior. So it was fun to grow into that. Um, and then earlier this year, I got to do Fun Home. And that was, that's my, one of my favorite pieces I've always. I don't really know Fun Home. It's, it's a beautiful piece. And it's, oh, yeah. it's about, you know, it's so, so much truth, isn't it? You know, it's really her life and her words and the music is so brilliant. So that was really cool to be a part of. Yeah, that's, that's an incredible role too. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the Judy Kuhn role. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, uh, I've only heard it. I've never seen it. Um, but it fascinated me just to listen to, uh, I think ring of keys, seeing that on the Tonys oh, yeah. just kind of made 
everybody I know just kind of pause and watch that and go, oh my God. Yeah. And where we are in Pennsylvania, I mean, I'm so grateful that there's so much theater here, but we're really, it's still a very conservative area. So to do a show, we opened the theater on the main stage with that show. And that would have been a show that probably would have been on the fourth floor. And because of COVID and we wanted to be, well, the theater wanted to be safe with numbers. So there's, it's only a nine person cast. And they figured that if for any reason they would have to shut anything down, production value was a smart choice. But it was a really provocative piece to do in this area. And the amount of LGBTQ community that reached out and thanks and the amount of conversations were started because of it and people that walked out or people that like experienced something they had never even thought of or been exposed to before and been like, oh my gosh, I am like that person, you know, or seen themselves in it. It was really cool to be a part of. I, I'm just really grateful that I got to be a part of telling that story. But people in did area. maybe walk out. Oh my goodness. We had people walk out of that show every single night at different parts. You know, it was interesting finding out what, what triggered people in different ways. And that show brings up a lot of different abuse and family dynamics that are also can be very triggering. And it's not necessarily like, oh, I'm seeing two people of the same sex have an intimate relationship. I'm walking out. Some people would walk out when, I mean, the language or... Um, the way that people were treated and, and verbally abused throughout the show, you know, it's, it's a tough piece of theater and it's also someone's true life um, put up there. So it can be tough to sit through th for a lot of reasons, but it was an important story to tell. Yeah. We, we, we learned on this podca podcast a couple of um, conversations ago that um, something that has stuck with me, which is a, um, a reminder that so many people want to be a part of a conversation but so many people don't want to listen. Yes. Oh, like everybody so right. wants to say what they feel, mm -hmm. but no one wants to do the work to actually just sit and listen to mm -hmm. other ideas or other, um, you know, when I was working at the Apple Blossom Mall in Winchester, yes, I read the Satanic Bible. Oh, did you? Yes. Now here's my story. I'm in the back of Walden Books and I find the Satanic oh, Bible. Oh my. Gosh. And I'm like, am I supposed to touch this? Isn't this satanic? <laughs> and my manager was like, oh my gosh, someone ordered that from blah, blah, blah. And, and they didn't pick it up. You can have it if you want or whatever. And I was like, well, can I just borrow it and read it and bring it back? And they were like, yeah, totally. So I took it home and I read it because in my little curiosity mind, I wanted to read it so I could then have a conversation about what I read. Mm -hmm. And it was the stupidest book ever Anton, well when you read it you're like oh my gosh is this written by an eight-year-old yeah. mm -hmm. and it really made me a little bit empowered that if I ever met someone about you know mm -hmm. a satanic believer of that book I would be able to say oh you know what I read that book let's talk about it mm -hmm. anyway um but I, I I wish that sometimes especially right now we're in a, a place where I just saw I'm not going to bring up politics, but I just saw that Florida just did something in yes. their state today. Oh, my word. Oh, today? And, I didn't see yeah. what happened today. Yeah, it, it, passed. it, it got, got signed. signed. Oh, my word. And, you know, I, I wish that people would have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I Well, they're not allowed to now. They're not allowed to say it. I wish it. that. <laughs> well, I wish my family would mm -hmm. talk to me about being gay because mm -hmm. they're not. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you want to learn about that experience, I don't know what it's like to be a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be, I mean, you, you want to be able to have those dis uncomfortable conversations because you want to be able to make a difference. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a teacher, oh, don't yeah. you, don't you want to be able to um, handle a, any sort of situation Absolutely. and be like, Oh, I, I didn't think mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well, you're a mom, so I'm I sure am. there's lots of windows in yeah, your artistic journey. There, yeah, there, and there's, you know, it's interesting when you're raising humans in a world that we're in, in terms of uncomfortable conversations. And I will say one of the things that helps me the most is that my children leave here every day knowing their truth. Because people, you know, my kids have many friends with same sex parents, with um, all different living situations, and, and all different. We're in an inner city school, and we, like the things that my, even my first grader will come home and say, uh, you know, whether it's, it's we've heard, like she's made fun of or something. 
And I'm like, well, do you know your truth? Is that true about you? And she's like, no. And I was like, well, then that has to roll right off you. That's not your truth. Like, what do you know? And, and we've had someone say, oh, well, uh, a boy can't marry a boy. And I said, is that true? And my daughter's like, no. She goes, she's not right now. She's like, I'm, I'm going to marry a woman someday. And we think that's the cutest, coolest thing. But, you know, and so we're like, do you know that it's true that you can marry who you love? And she's like, yeah. She's like, well, that's your truth. Like right there, you just, if we know our truth, it's like you go out there confident in who you are. And you <laughs> Katie, one, one time I had a piano student who might have been like eight. Mm -hmm. She said, are you and Mr. Steve getting married? Oh, Lord. And I looked at the mom like, what am I going to say? And the mom said, we've been having discussions. Okay. Oh, great. And I was like, oh, okay, it's okay. And I said, well, yes, blank, blank kid. Um, we, I, we are getting married. And she said very, after a few moments, she said without a, a, a missing a beat, she said, um, well, which one's the boy and which one's the girl? Sure. And I said, well, kids, <laughs> insert kid's name. We're both boys. We're actually both boys. And she looked at me with this really menacing eye and she said, somebody's gotta be the girl. Oh. <laughs> And that just made me laugh because so as she was speaking her truth. Exactly. Exactly. You just can't. Uh, I'm just like, don't let anybody stomp on your truth as you grow up, you know? Well, that's um, beautiful. And I, you know, I always remind all of us here in this house, we're so lucky to have the arts, however you see them, whether it be through the lens of movies or the lens of music or the lens of your performing or the lens of your directing or even just seeing it in your day-to-day -day life. I can find theater in the flowers. Oh my goodness, yes. I mean, that's honestly, that's my biggest thing I wish I would have learned in college. We didn't have any, I feel like we didn't have any teachers that were like, just remember, like theater is one part of you. You're all these other parts. You're all these are whole humans too. <laughs> And it's not all like, and I mentioned, like, I always thought I had to go to New York and be on Broadway, but I remember living in New York and being like, would I perform differently or be any less than if I was doing this exact same thing somewhere else where I wanted to be? And absolutely not. And when I, I teach, I teach theater as well. And teaching is so fulfilling. You know that you guys know this, like it's, you can experience our art no matter what. One of my favorite questions, our first day of teaching specifically at the Academy of the Fulton is like I would write up thing like professions in theater and I write the word performing and now and then the kids have to fill in everything else that's a profession in theater and there there's so many elements of being part of the theater that have nothing to do with being a storyteller on stage you know yeah. so like it's just an incredible it's an incredible world the arts are so incredible I remember a, a friend of ours that we probably would remember the name if I said her name but I'm not going to but she went to Shenandoah mm -hmm. and she was on the first national of a lot of Broadway stuff she did some Broadway things and one day I ran into her and she said I'm moving somewhere else and I said oh my gosh what do you what do you, what do you mean you're moving you're doing mm -hmm. so many amazing things mm -hmm. and she said there's a million girls who can do what I, I can do I have to go be me yes and I thought that that like like landed with me so hard of like, wow, of course there's a million people who can kind of do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And of course you've got to go be you. Mm -hmm. I also think home is something you, after you leave your own, when you're, you know, growing up mm -hmm. and you kind of bounce into college for a few years, you kind of make that your home, but you know, it's not forever. Right. And you've got to find home and what what feels like the place. And, you know, I was lucky enough to bounce to D.C. and work and consistently work. And my schedule got so busy that I wasn't going anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And the, the work was good. The product was good. And after a while, this was. I don't know. Joseph at Toby's was iffy. <laughs> Listen. It would have been better if Katie would have been one you of the wives. Random second number wife. Yeah. Right. Um, wife number two. But if uh, I, you see, you you've dislodged my I'm, train, I'm sorry. Matthew. I'm sorry, you you moved to DC. No, so no, no, no. Wait, I'm, I'm just saying that you you do get a sense of like, oh, I actually like really like it here. Mm -hmm. I actually um, we've been to New York several times to do little projects here and there, and I was there doing like a workshop of a show in twenty, I think thirteen, fourteen. 
um, where I was in New York for like a week, but I was already old and set in my ways then mm-hmm. of like my house and sure. my dog and my everything. And, and I was like, okay, this is like my trial to see if I could do this. And if I could hack New York and, mm-hmm. and I remember walking down the street and a rat ran over my boot and I was oh, like, no, goodness. absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I cannot, I hate it. I cannot <laughs> wait. And I pulled into Union Station. I walked out front and looked at Washington, D.C. and say, I, I said, I love, this is my city. I love it. Oh, I love it's that. so beautiful. And you don't feel oppressed here mm-hmm. by the size of the buildings. The architecture is beautiful. Oh, yeah. And you find home wherever that is, whether it's Lancaster, mm-hmm. whether it's Arlington, Virginia. Absolutely. And you find your tribe, you know. Mm-hmm. Which, whether it's the Dutch oven. <laughs> it's not the Dutch back oven. The, just circle it back, circle it back. Don't you know, happen. touchstones, Katie, uh-huh. touchstones. <laughs> well, and you know, guys. you as we all know, and I'm not going to, you know, make us all cry, but, you know, you become, uh, when you're in theater, like as a young person, you want to mm-hmm. be able to be a part of storytelling. Yes. And you want to make a difference with that storytelling. And every show is a different story that can make a difference in someone's life. And then as you grow up and you become a teacher and a mom mm-hmm. and all these wonderful things that isn't ending what you started it's just adding more commas to who you are absolutely it's you i was listening to i was really nerding out and listening to all of your the season of podcast and i love what you said when you spoke at the graduation matt about all the different versions of yourself yeah yeah yes well well i i don't think i would have ever thought Mm -hmm. i would i would become the version of myself i am right now because at one point, I felt like there was so much pressure for me to like be successful in some sort of, I don't know, musical theater way mm-hmm. that I look back now and I think, I don't think I even knew who I was. No, you wouldn't have found that person if you thought if that was the only way. Mm-hmm. No, I remember not getting a job once. And I told the person that called me, I said, you just offered me the silver and I am going to go for the gold. <laughs> yes, yes, And now did. here I sit on a a couch from Ikea yes. <laughs> with two candles from Aldi oh, I and it. I think a sweater that was a hand-me-down from Evan Casey. <laughs> what are you talking about, Matthew? <laughs> I'm saying I haven't made it. No, you have. You have. No, I think that is your perspective is what is success? Oh, what absolutely. is happiness? And, and, and happy? I think, yeah. And I think when you can find theater and the arts and music mm-hmm. and love and everything. Absolutely. You, your, your performing is one, one drop in that oh, ocean. Yeah. You bet. You said it. Yeah. Well, Katie, I'm mindful of your time. I want to um, mm-hmm. just do a few wrap up things here. Uh, I could talk to you forever. And now that we have each other's cell phone numbers, you yes, know. I'm so glad for that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hit me up whenever. I text We're me. not very far from you guys either. We're only like under two hours, I believe. Oh my gosh, my dad drives up there and gets corn and comes back and sells it. It's they sell it very cheap here. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So during the, I know that uh, being a parent, a lot of what you watch is probably through the lens of your children. But when children mm-hmm. go to bed, are there shows that you and your husband have like gotten into in the past, like let's say, couple years during the mm-hmm. pandemic? My brain. That's right. The hard part is my brain catching. Well, I did. I did Bridgerton, but Andy refused to watch that with me after the first episode. Um, and I've started season two. But we, um, the after party, we just watched. Did you guys watch that? What is that? The no. after party? Yeah. Oh, it's so. It's really funny. It's um a bunch of friends, and they're all comedians that we know and love. And I'm gonna even forget what device, what streaming it's on. But maybe Ryan's looking it up because he always is good at that. But maybe not the guy too. Um, the after party is with a bunch of great comedians that are playing. Um, high school friends and it's their 15 year high school reunion and they come back together and one of them happened to have gotten really famous and dies I mean you know that's what it's about and the after party is finding out who killed them and each episode is filmed from the lens of that person so that it's filmed completely different compared to how intoxicated the character was the age of the character um, it's great and with um uh, oh I'm gonna mess up her name Tiffany Haddish, what's the comedian that I love? Yes. Tiffany Haddish, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's the um, detective that interviews everyone. So I mean, she's so funny. It's on um, Apple TV, Ryan says. See, he's, he gets it all. I love Ike Barinholtz too, he's great. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Totally. Um, it's a great cast. So we watched that. Um, what other big, I mean, watched pretty much all the big ones that, I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, we were all watching like Tiger King, you know, we did all the things. Did you see Ted Lasso? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we watched Ted Lasso like religiously and we've gone back and watched the first season again. Um, it's yeah, such a beautiful, beautiful story. Beautiful story. And you feel so good after you, you know, you're going to watch it and feel great. Like pre-pandemic, I was super into Handmaid's Tale, like most of the world. I, I would have to watch it standing up and pacing. But when that came out during COVID, it was the last thing I wanted to watch because we were all living. We were still in a not to mention politics, but our still our past president was in power. It was like too real. Everything felt real. I didn't want that. That's why I never watched it. I was oh, too like, Don't who me. wants to watch this? It's like reality oh, TV. Yeah. And I had a five-year-old little girl in it and it's all about this kid. And it's awful. It's great. It's a great show. The acting's phenomenal, but it was too depressing and real. Um, but yeah, Ted Lasso came along and it was like, just what we needed it was awesome are you a big reader no not with children mm -mm. i used to be yeah when i lived in new york i had at least 30 40 minutes on a train every day and i loved reading i have listened to some books um some audiobooks during this time which has been nice i listened to michelle obama's book and i listened to um a couple um other biographies and but um not really. I'm too busy. I work too much. And these, when these guys are out of school, I try to give them my full, especially when I'm, I've been performing a lot this year, thankfully, but, um, when my kids get out of school and then I have them for basically an hour and a half before I go to work. So right. I try to really be present with them. And then when I get to do a show, it's like the most self-care I get in a day, you know, like so much fun. And what are your kids ages, Katie? Four and seven. Oh so boy. One in preschool and one in first grade. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you're running around a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they like, you know, there's not the PTA anymore. It's called the PTO. And you're supposed to like help do things. And I, I'm just not very good at that part of life yet. <laughs> I've just been too busy. Um, they, they change it from the association to the organization. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was going to say, isn't PTO when you go across seas and perform for the troops? Oh, my God. No, that's USO. It's I know. I'm just joking. Yeah. I thought it was paid time off, but yeah, that's true. That's what it is. It's paid time off. Paid time off. Yeah, I wish that's what it was, but you know, I me think and Steven, me and Stevie just finished writing a show for a learning theater uh, oh. here in town, where it's all performed by kids with like one or two adults, and I we just did um, the Wind in the Willows with um, um, the learning theater there, and um, it's it's running right now. So you um, guys, that's magnificent. That is yeah. So cool. So we, we work a lot at times with, I mean, I, I, I don't, I guess we have worked with some four-year-olds, but yeah. we, that kind of starts about four or five. Yeah. Yeah. You want them just a, a touch older and then it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, we, we, yeah, it's interesting what becomes your life and like what we, we've written, like we were trying to tally it up the other night. What is it? How many kids musicals have we done? 20. 20 kids you musicals. Guys, that will. That, Get them over here so we can do them. That no one even really even knows about. That's right. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, it's so funny. Um, but yeah, I don't know what what have we done with our life? We've we've gone through a lot of paper. Yeah, <laughs> That's for you're, sure. you're amazing. You've done so much. Well, I will say, you know, Ryan lives close to us. Yeah. We of course have been together with Ryan for twenty years. Oh. He's he's been a part of our life, what and. I don't think during the pandemic, I mean, thank God our creative brains kind mm -hmm. of gave ourselves projects because we were always kind right. of doing a puzzle or the crossword or a movie mm -hmm. project or let's do this. And we were, we kind of got through it, you know. Oh, um, for you. Did you find you were you able to create in your writing and stuff too a lot during COVID? Yeah, we actually yeah. wrote, we actually wrote, we actually did a brand new reading of a brand new show for, for a brand new theater. Yes, you did. In Zoom, yeah. It was Good based on, you. it was called Whitechapel and it was about the five women that were killed by Jack the Ripper, but it wasn't about Jack the Ripper. It was about the, women. the beautiful the women. women that Good were not whores. What a way to honor them. Travel through travel. What's that? Travel through time. That was a wonderful song. Oh, that did Ryan don't we're gonna skip that. Um that well it was a beautiful song, Stephen. It was, I liked it. This is not the the Matt Connor Stephen Gregory Smith podcast about us. 
And Matt, Matt, that has to hurt her ears. It's in a little applause thing that we got at Christmas time in our little... Uh, Katie, oh. he just rang this thing that's a oh plastic, like, Chuck E. Cheese castanet. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Like, the clapping. It sounds like applause. It's great. No, it does not sound like applause. <laughs> it sounds like a madman with a child's toy. Well, <laughs> Katie, best of luck. Best of Thank luck. Much love for everything oh. going on there in Lancaster. So much love to you guys. It's not Lancaster. It's, it's Lancaster. Actually, it's pronounced Lancaster. Like Lancaster. Lancaster. And Lancaster. Like, you know, like, my dad buys corn up in Lancaster. Yeah. If you call it Lancaster, they know you're not from here. So I quickly learned to say Lancaster. You know, that's when I, when I was in France, I did not speak. <laughs> I just walked around like naughty. So if you go to Lancaster, you, go there, you can't like, speak. Pre, no. Did you go there pre-Ruben, like to get your... Pre Ruben. To play Ruben. <laughs> I went. Uh, I went there for, with the Shenandoah uh, chorus. You did. Yeah, I went there and went to Germany and France. Well, we didn't have that trip when we were there. No, everything got cheap when we got there, Katie. Yeah, we right? got playground and take it's, it easy. We got playground. And we wound up paying more money to them. It doesn't make any sense. Right. It makes no yeah. sense. I'm. I still owe ten grand. Oh my gosh, we all owe something. I swear. I, but you know what? I'm going to West Virginia, and I'm going to get a job down there. And I'm At the Golden Horseshoe. Golden Horseshoe. I'm going to make my money back. <laughs> oh my God, what are we doing? I'm not even drinking. Katie, I'm my love. I've done this whole thing drunk, so I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, we love you. Um, I love you guys. I will talk to you soon, and uh, we we thank you so much for spending time with us and love to your beautiful family from us. Absolutely love right back at all of you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> My God, Katie, that was so much fun to catch up with you. We love you so much. You make me laugh. Um, I don't. I, I said this on the on the on the podcast. I don't think Katie and I ever had a lunch together. I don't think we even talked. I together. think that's coming though. But I do think that maybe we're besties, and I don't know if she <laughs> felt that during the podcast. But we are besties in some sort of cosmic way because we share humor. Yeah. We share uh, sort of certain aspects about the world, and that art is a piece of. <laughs> the uh, trivia pursuit pie container, but it's, yep. but it's how you see art in all the other containers. Well, all right. Um, I love that for you and Katie. Uh, I think that, as Katie pointed out, we're only two hours from each other. So I want to learn a lot more about the Fulton Theater and how we can take it over. Um, so Katie hook us up yeah but you know what thinking about two hours is like two episodes of inventing anna so that's a long Uh, time it's a long time if you really don't enjoy it is very vip get out get out oh my gosh so katie yes we are working on inventing anna Anna, the musical no we're not for fulton not interested (laughs) um Anyway, if you want to know more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. Connor with an E-R. Please, everyone, spell it right. We've said it. You can say what to do if they don't want to find out more. If they don't, they don't have to. Okay, okay. So it's just for those who do. Oh, totally. Yeah, okay. You do you. We have a lovely website created by Lee Delano that has lots of wonderful things on it. If they follow that website to www.connorsmithmusicals.com, you can find out everything. You can listen to music for free. It's amazing. Um, You can follow us on social media on Facebook, uh, TikTok, Instagram on under Connor and Smith as well. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast, share it where you share things, post it where you post things. We appreciate it. Um, and you know, I keep saying it every time, but check out the discord board. It's, it's in the link of this description. Add to our Spotify playlist. It's so much fun. Yeah, but explain this. Discord sounds like it's not fun. Because Discord it, why, is just a why message is it board. Discord should it be called like Concord. I can't account for the 
um, it's basically just mindset like a, of the yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, marketing arm of that app. But it's basically um, a huge thread that people can can connect on without like, anyone else seeing except the people in the thread. Well, here's my thing. I've got lots of photos of Katie Sina that I'm going to put on the Discord board that I will not put anywhere else. So you've got to join there. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's like the, the VIP room. It is the VIP room. I am not going to post these on socials. Not that they're bad. Please understand. Or maybe they are. Check out the Discord. No, Katie, they're not bad. But, like, just photos of us that we, we took many photos. Um, that we can laugh at or say. Yeah, they're so much fun. Wow, I had so much joy. In college, yeah. College, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. We're going to have a very special uh, couple of guests next week. They are not students, they are teachers. Next weekend, two teachers, and they may both teach dance. <gasps> Look out for it next oh my weekend. Gosh. We're not even gonna say it, are we, Steven? We're not even gonna say it. We're gonna say you have to listen or just see the posts and not listen. Either way, it's gonna be amazing. We love you all. Bye. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Do you wanna say it one more time? Bye. Fantastic. Bye.